Welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. You're listening to The Construction Cut with Taylor Rennick. Here, you'll get the latest news in construction in 15 minutes or less. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to The Construction Cut. I'm your host, Taylor. This week, we're exploring how and why the price of lumber has increased so dramatically, how bidding wars are taking over the housing market, and what a Biden-Harris presidency could mean for the construction industry. It is Monday, August 17th. Let's dive in. I'm going to start this week's show off with the rising price of lumber. I reported on this a few weeks ago, but it bears repeating. The cost of lumber is soaring. In fact, it's gone up nearly 80% since it hit a low in April. The price of lumber is now sitting at an average of $600 per thousand board feet. It's also becoming harder and harder to find. So why has lumber gone up so much? Well, simply put, the need for lumber has expanded drastically, and the U.S. cannot produce enough of it domestically. Not only is the U.S. producing just not enough at home to make up for the demand, but the impact of tariffs on wood from Canada also continues to cause elevated prices for American builders. The other thing that's making the price of lumber even higher is the demand for single-family homes. The demand for those single-family homes is higher than ever, certainly higher than even 2019 levels, exacerbating an already thin inventory. Because of this, home prices have risen to well above the rate of inflation. In fact, the sales of newly built homes, newly built single homes, have jumped 6% compared to just a year ago. And all of this spells out bad news for home buyers. Builders will eventually pass along the high cost of lumber to their home buyers, which are predominantly clustered in the entry level and mid range markets. David Logan, the director of tax and trade analysis at the NEHB, says, quote, Framing lumber makes up roughly a fifth of the material cost of building a home. When we see a price increase this large over such a short period, it's going to have negative effects on affordability for prospective home buyers. End quote. And speaking of high demand for homes this summer, the National Mortgage News reports that for the third consecutive months, More than half of all properties sold in July were involved in some kind of bidding war, with some major cities reporting a bidding war on three-fourths of properties for sale, with buyers often purchasing homes sight unseen. Competition for homes was concentrated heavily in cities in western housing markets, places like Salt Lake City, San Diego, and San Jose, part for the course. A realtor for Redfin was quoted saying, You'd never know that we were in the middle of a pandemic. It's as hot of a seller's market as I've ever seen. One of my clients recently bid $100,000 over a home's asking price and only had the eighth highest of 15 offers. It's coming down to how much money you can throw at a house and how many contingencies you can waive. End quote. Economists are projecting that the bidding wars may slow down if mortgage rates rise, something that could end up happening if we receive word of a working coronavirus vaccine 
or if the outcome of the 2020 presidential election becomes more clear. But at the same time, experts are still waiting on the dust to settle from the great pandemic. The great pandemic migration to the suburbs, that is. Redfin's chief economist, Daryl Fairweather, said, quote, We may still be in the early innings of the pandemic migration wave. If coronavirus cases continue to climb, more employers will likely make flexible remote work policies standard procedure, which will drive further migration out of large, expensive cities. As a result, we may see bidding wars gain more traction in suburban areas and small towns. End quote. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BuildBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls, and inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. And speaking of the 2020 presidential election, the folks at 24-7 Wall Street released an article last week speculating what a Biden-Harris presidency could mean for the construction industry. Last month, Biden released a new updated plan that commits $2 trillion over four years. That's trillion with a T. His plan includes investments in infrastructure, mass transit, electric utilities, housings and buildings, and R&D. The goal is to, quote, put the United States on an irreversible course to meet the ambitious climate progress that science demands, end quote. The $2 trillion price tag apparently comes from the American Society of Engineers, who provides the U.S. government with a report card of sorts every four years. And the report card denotes the amount of investment needed to bring America and its infrastructure up to a better-than-passing grade. The last report card from the ACSC said that the U.S. needed a $2 trillion investment over the next 10 years to tackle things like repairing roads, to upgrading school facilities, and updating rundown airports. 24-7 Wall Street had the following to say about the effects of the plan on the industry. Quote, While it may be easy to look at potential outcomes in a vacuum, a slew of variables could boost or dampen the business effects for a sector or for corporations as a whole. Tax changes could lower the after-tax net income effect. Regulation costs and industry practice changes can increase operating expenses, and changes in unemployment laws could come into play. In short, it may be easy to see an opportunity for some companies, but it's hard to know exactly what the net result will be. End quote. 
Well, a new survey shows that many employers are skipping COVID-19 liability waivers when it comes to their employees. In fact, only 8% of firms who responded to a survey said that they required workers to sign a waiver before they enter the job site. And even fewer of those firms are requiring that visitors or clients sign a COVID-19 waiver. The firm who conducted the survey said in their report, quote, The enforceability of these types of waivers is likely to be fact-specific and state-specific. But under established law, most courts will not enforce waivers that violate public policy and will consider the party's respective bargaining power, end quote. A lot of this boils down to employers and businesses asking to be shielded and protected against lawsuits related to COVID-19. If lawmakers do not extend protection against lawsuits, it is expected that more and more employers will have their employees and workers sign liability waivers. And speaking of liabilities, a new study from Duke University is reporting that not all face coverings are created equal when it comes to protecting against the coronavirus. In fact, some can actually be worse than not wearing a mask or a face covering at all. Popular among many for its ease of use, neck gaiters, sometimes called fleeces or buffs, depending on what part of the country you're in, have actually been found to worsen the spread. The authors of the study and the researchers over at Duke reported that neck gaiters or buffs actually broke down heavier droplets into smaller micro droplets, which can travel further and float in the air longer than heavier droplets which actually makes the face gaiters worse than not wearing a mask at all, not to mention incredibly counterproductive. The report said, quote, We noticed that speaking through some masks, particularly the neck fleece, seemed to disperse the largest droplets in a multitude of smaller droplets, which explains the apparent increase in droplet count relative to no mask in that case. Considering that smaller particles are airborne longer than large droplets, the use of such a mask might be counterproductive, end quote. The team at Duke found that the traditional N95 masks are still the best masks for preventing droplet-related spread. All right. Well, guys, wear a mask. Stay safe. <laughs> that is our show this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you subscribed and gave Builder Funnel a five-star review. Next week, we'll be releasing a very special episode of The Construction Cut. I sat down with Danielle Russell at Builder Funnel to chat about our intern program and how construction companies and firms can replicate a similar program for newly minted high school grads or even college students who have elected to take a gap year. That episode will air next Monday, the 24th. All right, guys, thank you all for tuning in. We will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Construction Cut on Builder Funnel Radio. If you got value out of today's episode, please do one of two things for me. Share it with a friend by clicking the share button in your podcast player and then texting it or emailing it to them. Or leave us a review. This is a free podcast, so spreading the word really helps us keep Builder Funnel Radio going. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.